Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies. And boy, do we have a, a new movie for you. 13 years ago, the year of 2009, I think, <laughs> we all, America, was transported to a little planet, a moon, called Pandora, where the... The Navi people lived and were living, you know, in prosperity and doing just fine. And then humans come in and fuck it all up. And we saw that movie. It was a cultural reset for America. And then we uh, we all forgot about the Navi. But in the caves of cinema, James Cameron tinkering away, slowly putting together his masterpiece, his... His opera of the blue cat people, the Na'vi. And here we are today. We're here to talk about Avatar, The Way of Water, the newest James Cameron movie, the newest piece of big budget, sci-fi. It's crazy. I'm really feeling the energy in this one. (laughs) Three three hours, ten minutes. I feel no, like no, 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 no. I start over and like dial it down a little Woo. bit. I, I feel like we don't want to hit them, hit them too hard right off the bat. Yeah, we're here to talk about Avatar. My name's Robbie. I'm your host for today. The other voices you hear are Mike Burge, the White Knight of Movies, and Dan Demuro, uh, the nice guy of movies. Oh, thanks. Like that. Hello. That sounds good. Hey. How are you guys doing today? You're a nice guy. Thanks. Yeah. I try. Guys, doing good. Uh, Robbie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I had a, a beautiful Sunday. It's a little late. Normally, I'm a morning guy these days. So normally we do yeah. these podcasts uh-huh. in the yeah. morning. I get a bit more of, a, of the energy, but I'm I'm trying to you know muster it all together. It's uh, it's one a.m. at the time of recording this. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it really late to get it in under the wire. Uh, no, I'm I'm very excited to talk about uh, Avatar. I feel like um, you know. These movies are controversial to a certain extent. Like, I feel like they, you know, okay. when the first Avatar came out, I think people really liked it. And then it kind of like the the positive opinion on it snowballed. And then the naysayers really started to become pretty loud. And the the opinion in the world has kind of like mutated over time with its opinion on Avatar, where what seemed to be like the biggest movie ever kind of turned into like, well, it's just Dances with Wolves or, well, it's just Pocahontas. It's like, well, was the CGA that good? Um, whereas the people who really it, liked it, it I was. Think, <laughs> didn't really have much else to defend it. But, you know, uh, before we jump into what our hot takes are on Avatar 2, a few things. This is not the only podcast uh, on Story Screen. There are other podcasts you can listen to. Please check those out. Go to our website. Blah, 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 blah. Um, we're not going to spoil Avatar 2, The Shape of Water. We're not going to spoil that movie here. Uh, when we do spoil it in the later half of the episode, we will tell you, but I want to hear from you, uh, Mike and Diana, what, what, what was your temperature on Avatar when it first came out? And what was your temperature on the first Avatar, uh, before you saw, uh, Way of Water, you know, that many years later? Banana. I liked first Avatar. I, I remember seeing it in IMAX and it being... Really fucking cool. I th- I think I saw it in 3D in IMAX. I must have. Uh, I I vaguely remember like getting 
quasi choked up while watching it. So I think it hit me back then. But uh, it's not like I was counting the days till this next one came out. It would have been many days if you were. Many, many days. <laughs> yeah. Could lose count. Could lose count. But uh, we rewatched it in anticipation of this new way of water. And it looked fucking good. And I was kind of surprised that it looked so good still after all these years. And I know it was a big deal when it came out with all the technology. But, uh, yeah. So I think I was mildly hyped, but I wasn't like fist pump yelling and screaming going into the way of water. Sure. I, I enjoyed the first one enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was um, extremely hyped for the new one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, I've been kind of going over in my head like how I'm going to act on this episode. There's a few You're different Mike cool right characters uh, he could slip yeah, into. Yeah, I was yeah. like, do I just play it cool and just kind of talk about, you know, why I like it and stuff like that? Or do I just like kind of take a step back and really just go, the fuck's going on with all this reconsideration bullshit with Avatar? These people are liars. Yeah. And I'm oh. coming right on out there oh, saying oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Now, I it's... I, I saw the first Avatar and I liked it a lot because it's a James Cameron movie and those are good. Um... And uh, the tech, the tech side of it all, it's kind of the same thing with the new one, you know, where it's just like the tech side of it all is absolutely insane and very cool uh, and very neat to learn more about. Like before you saw the movie, getting to see how the movie's utilizing it and then afterwards learning more about it. Um, that's all well and good and fun and kind of part of the process of a James Cameron movie ever since the early 90s um, or practically his entire career. Uh but the thing that I love the most about the original Avatar that this Avatar also does is the uh, structure of this thing is so insane. Is so like the storytelling, even though it's a very basic story, that's kind of how James Cameron works. He Super works basic. With, he works with broad strokes. Yeah. And uh, characteristics that are very easy to grab onto. It's one of my favorite things about the first Avatar is that. You know, I made the joke when we were waiting for the new movie to start. It was just like, you can't remember. People would say like, oh, you can't remember their names as if that was like a knock. It's like, no, that's just like, it's not like a built-in franchise like Star Wars where everybody has these easily definable names that are said like every minute for the first 20 minutes of the movie so that you remember them. They've Some of them have harder to pronounce names than some people are used to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you forget a name like Jake Sully. I don't know. And that's, I guess that's me being stupid. That's that's me being stupid remembering the name. Right? <laughs> no, that name's no. easy to remember. I don't think most people are referring oh. to Jake Sully, oh, are yes, they? yes, they were. Everybody. They were. Really? So this is the whole thing is like Avatar had a huge backlash. And especially in the past two years, it was like this thing of like, oh, it's coming up. Here it comes. It's coming up. They're going to do it. Why are they doing it? And it became this kind of backlash that like I never really completely understood it kind of seemed like some people just maybe trying to be like the ones wearing the cool t-shirt in the crowd or something it's like if you don't like Avatar that's fine there's tons of stuff that a lot of people don't like but Avatar was like it it is like the biggest movie of all time uh up until you know a couple years ago and it's uh it it, it it was just very odd to me. Uh, the whole thing kind of felt insincere. People cannot like stuff and they can make fun of stuff all they want. I do it all the time. But it did just feel really <laughs> weird because like you watch Avatar and the simplicity of the entire thing 
is just like so smooth and just like you're just like yeah he's the bad army guy yeah. i don't need to know his name you don't need to know his name he's got the scars and he talks like this and he says well that puts some fear in my soul junior i say <laughs> like it's, it's like all that stuff it's yeah. like fine and then <laughs> like as the movie goes on they develop the characters a little bit more and i think that the characters are developed in the first one but maybe not to the extent that people are used to characters being developed as like selling toys and stuff like that. Like kids aren't dressing up to be Jake Sully for Halloween. They, they will dress Han up as Spider. Later. I will tell you that. Well, I mean, we're gonna get there. Yeah. But I mean, that, that was generally my like going in. Like I liked the first one a lot just because it was a James Cameron movie. I was anticipating the second one a lot because uh, I thought Avatar was a very good way for James Cameron to utilize the weird special skills that he has. The weird as a filmmaker, special skills. Behind the scenes and everything. Uh, so I was looking forward to that going into it. And, you know, we all kind of heard some of the reviews were coming out like a week beforehand and everyone's just like, slap those thighs, everybody. It's looking good. And so I was super, super psyched for it. Cool. Well, I, uh, I will lead the, the hot take part of the discussion now, but my, my short version of how I feel about Avatar leading into Way of Water is, uh. I remember seeing it in 2009. I saw it in 3D. It's like maybe the only movie I've seen in like actual 3D at the time, back when we thought that 3D was going to be the... Yeah. There was a time where all movies were coming out in 3D, and people thought that that was really the future. They were even coming out with 3D TVs. Um, and I remember Ooh. being like, the, the proof of concept was there. I was like, this looks incredible. It blew my mind. But I also remember, you know, being like, it was really cool. And then, you know, leaving the theater and returning into the, the real world... Uh, being surprised at just like how I remember just people being like having avatar fever, people being so hyped on it and maybe oh, yeah. like, you know, me being a young boy at the time, I wanted to be a contrarian myself. I was kind of like, it, it soured my opinion on it more and more. Nowadays, if people really like something that kind of hypes me up to like it too. I think it's kind of cool to like stuff. Um, nice. You're an adult. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how it works. And you're, and you're acting Growing. like an adult. Changing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, even in that like span of time and I think, I think it's okay for the biggest grossing movie in the world to also be like the biggest punching bag. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like fucking hit that thing in the face, whatever. It's cool. Um, Cameron can take it. Yeah. That all being said, you know, uh, Mike hit me up the week before we saw this movie. He was like, I think you should give the first one like another shot. Not that I think I was ever like the biggest avatar hater or anything. I was just kind of like, it's easy to make fun of blue cats. It looks crazy. Yes. Um, and I was like, let me rewatch it. I rewatched it. And my, my takeaways of this newest viewing, probably like, honestly, the, the second time I've seen it probably since it came out was this movie has amazing pacing. This movie still looks really good. I think it's the remastered version that's on yeah. Disney plus. I'm not totally sure, but like still looks still really looks good. Great. It looks really good. They nailed so much. The broad strokes really work to convey the, the technical it's, you know, it's, it's like a tech demo is what the movie is. And sure. I think it's better, you know, if you're casting like the biggest cinematic net for audiences to keep it a little simple and to keep it yeah. a little like, you know, let's focus on making it look cool and having enough there for people to really like, like latch onto. And I liked it. I do think the last hour of the first avatar, I, I kind of lost interest, you know, maybe just like watching a really long movie at home that can happen. I'm not totally sure, but I remember thinking that first hour and a half, just like really whips, like really cool, really fun. So, you know, it set my expectations for the next Avatar movie. I was like, we'll see. The reviews coming out for it uh, ahead of time were looking good. But there was also some people being like, I think The Guardian gave it a two-star review out of five. People were also coming out being like, it's not good. Or like, it's blah, blah, blah. Sure. It's okay. So, 
Sounds like a bunch of 2009 Robbies, if you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, me. <laughs> oh. And, uh, and I also saw people saying that the CGI might have been like a little wonky in it. And I was like, wow, that's really surprising. I feel like if anything, that really In got the nailed. new one? Exactly. Yeah. So, what? My okay. hot take on Avatar, The Way of Water, is I think this movie is great. I think it's really good. I think it makes some decisions that feel kind of weird to me right now and I'm kind of critical of, but I'm going to give okay. him that third movie shot and see where it goes. I think the movie looks amazing and I think it looks yeah. so good and I think it tells a story that is really heartwarming and does a lot right that it's easily one of the best blockbuster movies ever made. And then we can kind of get into maybe what the definition of that kind of means and what that means for people, but I think it is easily one of the best blockbuster big budget movies ever made uh there's a part of this movie that just feels like it's summer vacation at one point and that's such a vibe Ooh, yeah it's really good yeah that's true and i think like you know the character's really heartwarming i think the thing my, my main takeaway though it's like do i recommend this movie to people should people see it what are people's expectations going into it here's the thesis it has the exact same strengths and the exact same yeah. weaknesses as avatar that's and that's fair. it i do think it does like its strengths even better and i think its weaknesses have shrunk but I think for the most part, it's it's a sequel, but it's also a little bit of like a coming home, like Avatar 2, baby. So like, you know, Ooh. it's a little bit aware of it being number two. But that's my, that's my like, you know, my main, the hottest take I got is that I think it is one of the best blockbusters movies, blockbuster movies ever made. And I think you have to kind of take it as that. It's not an A24 RHS movie. It's not a, True. it's not like a really dense, like, uh hard to understand sci-fi epic it is a roller coaster ride and it whips and it's mad fun also there is no movie that looks better than this movie fuck off that's it so there's no there's no movie with cgi that is better than the cgi in this movie so eat a dick and go home all right who's next right i would say there's definitely something to be said for um the fact that looking up the actors that played all of the kids they're nobodies and i say that in the sense that they really don't have a lot of other movies under their belt or just like not a lot of other well-known movies under their belt and it was still fun and compelling to watch them so i think the you know there's spider but there's the other kid the other main kid spider is well known as we found out spider Uh, he's he's the kid on the bicycle in avengers endgame I don't know who that is. When Ant-Man first gets back and he's like, what the hell happened here? And there's like the sad kid looks back at him and looks at him like, what the hell are you even talking about? I don't, I don't remember away. that at all, but that's fine. But I, I was oh, I was referring was cool. more to uh, the Loak kid. I don't know who that kid is, but the plot line was good. And so I feel like there's something to be said for the fact that, um, you know, these stories are not overly complex, but it was compelling enough for you to care about the next generation, you know, because it's not really all about Jake Sully in this one. And uh, Natiri's a badass, but she doesn't really have a lot of dialogue. So I feel like the two heavy hitter returning actors are not really the ones carrying the movie for the most part. It's mostly the kids and then how the parents are trying to protect them or interact with them, which I think is kind of cool. So it, it is sort of a world building. He's Cameron's successful in the sense that he is not making the story that complicated, but he is making it compelling enough for you to care about brand new characters that you don't even know that weren't in the last movie. So I feel like that's a plus. So that's, you know, that's a positive going into this for sure, because 
I didn't really know what kind of a story they were going to tackle with it being a sequel, thinking that at the end of the last movie, the bad guys had been kicked off of Pandora and not really sure where they were going to go with it. So it's, it, it is kind of cool to see the world building and different islands and different locations and different cultures within the planet. Um, and I liked seeing all of that. Like that was a pretty cool aspect of there being like different races of the Navi, uh, you know, them adapting physically to their swimmers. They're not living in the forest, all that stuff. So I thought it looked pretty fucking great. Uh, it is tackling another aspect of, the environment, you know, if, if you're if the first movie was trying to get you to care about the rainforest, this movie's trying to get you to care about the oceans. And so James Cameron is doing his best, <laughs> you know, I mean, so he, James Cameron cares very much about this planet. Yeah. So uh, if he's, he, like if you he look at a lot of his movies, I think at one point he was just like, wait, there's no people in there. Yeah. I want to live there. Yeah. So that sounds great. Yeah. Like, wait, my so, family's not there. Yeah. I'd rather spend time there. You know, so I, I feel like maybe some people found the parts in the first Avatar boring when Jake Sully was in his human body and they were like more blue people. And so then this movie is more blue people. There's like very little real human time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, sometimes I wanted there to be more human time interaction because I think it is cool to see that within the animation. Um, to kind of have that juxtaposed and show how that works together. But it was it looked awesome. It was great. Yeah. So, so yeah, I enjoyed it. It was long. You know, these movies are long. I mean, yeah, that's the, honestly, the movie could have been longer. I don't give a shit. Give more, <laughs> give more. Like, it's, like it, again, it's the, Robbie said, like, the, the pacing in the first one is just so strong. And I feel like that's part and parcel right here. I mean, he is kind of using the same structure that he formatted in the first one where it's just like, well, all right, we're going to have like, you know, an hour of setup and world building and introduction to the world and what's going on. And then we'll have another hour of furthering the rules and setting up stakes and where things are. And then we're just going to have a huge hour of just like bombastic action where all of the pieces are in place for all these things to get knocked down. And like, everything's like the, it's just like tight and it just keeps going. And even when, like, like Robbie was like, oh, some of it just feels like a summer vacation vibe. It's like, yeah, like, and that's a part of any other movie under an unskilled hand would be boring, mm-hmm. no matter how good it looks. But it's intriguing. And even though you don't know where it's going, you can start to feel where it's going because, again, of the simplicity of it. And like simplicity does not mean uncompelling or unengaging. It just means it's straightforward. There's no bells and whistles on it because a movie that already has this many bells and whistles on the visuals doesn't really need to get too crazy with what it's talking about. It's a love story. It's Fern Gully, Dances with Wolves, Pocahontas. Uh, There's daddy issues. It's fighting against climate. Human beings suck. It's very simple, easy to understand stuff, things that anybody can relate to because they've always felt like everybody's always maybe felt like they've been, you know othered or something or like maybe they don't fit in or maybe they're not good enough for somebody else or something else or they can't help enough all these very basic human ideas are just at play with all of these alien characters and human characters and eddie falco you know so it's like what do you what do you what do you what do you what else you looking for in a movie guys i'm here for hot takes i want i want to hear some like spicy do you guys have like one sentence like spicy takes on this movie 
What the? Edie Falco should not have been in that movie. Yeah, she's fine now. She's an actress. She's in movies. Um, just a, like a one sentence hot take. Give me a hot take. I said it might be the best. It might be one of the greatest blockbusters ever made. That's hot. Okay. What do you guys got? That's hot. That's hot. That is hot. I don't know if I can get hotter than that. It's pretty up there. <laughs> I mean, I agree. And that's going to be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, it's 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 uh. James Cameron previously had made like two of the best sequels ever, Terminator 2 and Aliens, and I think he just did it again. Nice. Like this movie oh, is that's everything that's I like that. Yeah. Everything that a sequel needs Ooh, to be I... while also kind of again kind of branching out and building the world towards something else without it really feeling like that weird world building thing that you can get in an MCU movie sometimes like there's not really a scene in the movie where you're just where like someone shows up and he's like, my name is Dr. Bleh, and I'll be showing up in a movie or two. So pay attention when I come back. There's nothing like that. There's just more like threads that are left hanging because there's more story to be told. Mm. Um, and the story is more. He handles that contained. very well. Yeah. 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 The story is contained like this. This is a chapter and it works as a chapter. Obviously, it could go somewhere else. And I feel like the reason that it can become a little weird where you're like, well, why didn't they do that? Or what's going on with this? It's because we know there's going to be, yeah. I don't know, 17 more of these things, you know? Uh. At least one more that I think will feel like a trilogy capper and then also open up the doors for many others. Go on, yeah. Yes, and we can mm. talk more about that in, in Spoiler Town. Do, do you have, uh, you know, Mike and I, we, we scorch the earth with those. Do you have anything, yeah. anything spicy? or My spicy is this is not T2. I don't think this is as good as his other sequels. So, sorry, yeah, guys. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a hater on the movie, but I, as far as, like, Aliens and Terminator 2. Well, I heard, I heard his those, pitch for Avatar Way of Water is that he solid. went to a whiteboard and he wrote yeah. down Avatar. And then he mm-hmm. looked at everyone he was pitching it to. And then he put an S. And then he mm-hmm. put a dollar <laughs> sign through it. And it was Avatars. Mm-hmm. And they gave him four billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the the fun James Cameron one on this one is uh, they he turned in the script and uh, it came back with no notes, and the producer just said like, "Holy fuck!" Like that's the new that's the new legend on this one. Yeah, nah, it's cool. I mean, so you know, moving away from hot takes and more you know spoiler free discussion. Um, I think that the thing that really puts the butts in the seats for this movie. Um, of course, is is to see what the Navi are going to be up to next. But it's also the um, the technical aspects of the movie. Like people are here for like a technical showcase. Basically, the first Avatar came out, and it kind of felt like a benchmark for CGI and special effects in filmmaking. It um, was, and it yeah. was, and it was. And I think the things, and the thing is, like Avatar One feels like a massive leap for that technology. I think Avatar Two is. A massive leap, a, ma- a massive leap, but in a more like subtle way. Whereas like that movie was able to be like, oh, we have created these CGI characters. The faces are mocap perfectly; they move perfectly. These characters are interacting in digital space, mixed with real space, really well. It is that benchmark. Whereas in this movie, like that stuff is still here. But yeah. I think the things that are really mind blowing is lighting effects. The way that water drips off their alien bodies in a realistic way. The right. way their alien bodies sweat in nature. The way that light shines through their fake alien dreadlocks on a beach yeah. that is also maybe fake. I don't know. Usually when I watch these movies, I can be like, 
oh, I know. Like, you watch you watch a movie and you're just like, okay, like, you don't need to know a ton about special effects to be like, I can think that's fake, but it looks pretty convincing. Oh, and they put that here. They staged that so it looks like this. Like, you see the, you see enough of those movies. You see, you just know how it's made. Uh, right. I don't know how they fucking did anything in this movie. I don't know how they did no. a single yeah. thing in this movie. Even, like, the human characters that are that's engaging with the avatars awesome. are so perfectly <laughs> blended in there. And that was my yeah. main takeaway from rewatching the first one. I was just like, the only things that really aged, the only things that really show their age from the first Avatar movie is that, and like, it, it's, it's some scenes and not all of them. They're not all kind of created equally in that way. The human characters interacting with the Navi, you could just kind of tell they're on like separate plates where you do have some sure. where they are interacting uh, together and it looks pretty good. But it's it's still like hasn't quite crossed it. The scenes where like Spider is just hanging out with the Navi children in this movie, yeah, makes no sense. I don't yeah. know how they fucking. I don't know how they fucking did it. It looks real. Awesome. It looks yeah. real. Well, I think that how they did it was that actor is not real, <laughs> and they made up an IMDb page and everything. They're like, oh yeah, he was the kid in Avengers Endgame. Whatever. Who fucking cares? I believe that. And to just try and like build it, and they just built him. James Cameron built a boy. Oh man. And it's just with like I think dreads. that's that's kind of where I think technology. You kind of see it in games too. Like the the leaps in technology in video games. Like it's it's less like apparent to the naked eye. It's just like oh, we went from a two D game to three D games, and that's crazy. Whereas like games come out now, it's just like, oh, the games look, they still look pretty good. It's like, but like the, the high dynamic range of the lighting is like way, has way more contrast or like the games load way faster. And because they load faster, you can now have areas that are bigger. So I feel like the ways that we see technology kind of like start to gallop through time now is that the uh, leaps are a little bit more subtle and kind of like in the engine. Like we're making better engine parts for the car. And I feel like that's where we're at with the CGI and Avatar. Uh, so how do you guys feel about, I have a feeling that we all thought the CGI in the movie was good, but do you guys have any kind of like, not specific moments, but just kind of like maybe general bro- broad strokes of like where you're at with like how you're feeling seeing this movie on a technical perspective? Well, we watched like a little snippet of a like behind the scenes, how they shot this on a studio binder. And it was pretty cool because it was, it was talking about how in the first Avatar like the go-to would have been more to um, film them in the motion cap suit, like being hoisted up into the air, pretending to swim. Whereas like this new movie was legit. The actors were actually in a pool of water or underwater holding their breath and then had a camera on their face. And so it it really was trying to capture, like like you said, like the lighting or the way certain things looked, and he wanted it to look as real as possible, which is pretty fucking crazy, but pretty awesome. So Yeah, he developed, designed uh, pretty much like brand spanking new 3D camera technology that can operate underwater without any um, atmospheric nonsense getting in there. Uh, I saw another video where he was speaking about in an interview that I think just came out today or yesterday, we were talking about how they choreographed all like the, the scenes like on the water and stuff like that of like the fights and like the, uh, you know like the, the like the the skylets the the swimlets and stuff like that like all like the, the the creatures yeah mm-hmm. like they took like a uh, like jet propulsion technology that's used for like you know uh, those weird like uh, jet packs like over water with the tube and the guy like with the handles you know what I mean yeah. where he's like kind of like zipping around they took that <laughs> stuff and like advanced it and created like. Uh, like jet skis capable of both flight uh, skimming and diving 
and where they could go like 20 miles an hour under the water and then breach and go up and fly. That's pretty nuts. And then they put people on it and just did that and like nuts. choreographed that stuff. And he yeah. was like, good, let's keep doing that until we got what we want. And then they went back and animated <laughs> it and did it. And it's like, that's insane. This yeah. is crazy. crazy. And he really is just like, you see James Cameron in these interviews and he's just like, what a man. Like, what a what a big gym. His confidence just doing it again. is through the roof with this. <laughs> and yeah. you can feel yes. that yes. in this movie. Like, the, I've read a couple articles now on the movie where people have brought up that this might be one of James Cameron's most personal movies. And I think that that is so in so many different ways. Like, it's very much about family. The family unit in this movie is very similar to James Cameron's. He's got multiple kids from different marriages that all grew up under one house that maybe don't like their dad too much because he's kind of a a dickhead uh, and, you know, like kind of treats his family unit, teaches family household kind of like a film set. And he's like, we're honest with one another. If you fuck up, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, so it's there's a lot of that in there. But also at the same time, this is a movie that could only be made by an absolute psychopath like it is only an insane person would spend 13 years doing this after but just because he's got the big balls of avatar and titanic and terminator 2 to go with it he's like i'm that guy what dare you doubt me and that's like what the whole movie is it's just like he's doing it he's doing it it's also like he has the success of those movies so he has that financial reserve mm-hmm. to to use to build whatever doesn't even exist yet for what he wants to make. Right. And that's not something that any other director is in the you know position to do. Whereas like if they got their funding pulled or they got shot down and someone said, well, we don't have a camera that does that yet, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. They would be at an impasse. But he's just like, well, I'm well, going to we'll make one. We'll, I'm going to we'll figure make, out yeah. how to do that. I've got my own money. I don't need you guys. So, you know, that's part of the allure of, of James Cameron, period. So it's pretty wild. And like back to like the like the special effects themselves, like keeping in mind in 2009, Avatar, that movie was shot in like 2006, 2007. Right. You know, like motion captured and all that stuff. Like that technology is what was used in the very first MCU movie, Iron Man, in 2008. Right. And that's the technology that they use for all mocap now is pretty much what he like overdeveloped in 2009. Like he he jumped that forward like a decade. Like all the stuff with Jar Jar Binks and Gollum and all these little stop like uh like motion capture kind of technology. He created this kind of performance capture technology like with the faces being perfected and everything like that that now is like you know we're used to seeing thanos like people saw thanos on screen they're like got it cool that's a person that's a character that's real you know and we're kind of used to that now and so when avatar comes out i feel like some people just might be kind of used to real live looking realistic looking cartoons acting up on screen for three hours but this thing is like it looks ridiculous. Like we were joking around about how the trailer played before Black Panther Wakanda Forever. <laughs> and a lot of people were talking about, they're like, I mean, it kind of looked better in that trailer before the movie, right? It looks good. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, I mean, yeah, but that's that's MCU money and that's James Cameron money. Those yeah. are two very different things. Yeah, like you think MCU's, well, MCU ain't got nothing on James well, Cameron. I think, I think the thing is like, you know, MCU money and James Cameron money is different, but they're like, you know, should be closer. They might be a little bit closer. MCU, the main thing that they don't have is time. 
James yes. Cameron yeah. had uh-huh. time to make these movies. And some MC- would say too much time. Yeah. Some yeah. would say too much time, and, you know, this is the product. But Kevin Feige, he would say too much time. Kevin Feige would be like, we, you got to do this in six months. But that's like yeah. the, the – and, and we've seen the Marvel movies suffer, especially since Disney Plus came out, and them do them splitting into kind of like the two skews of the TV shows yeah. and the movies. The quality, you know, maybe not the quality always on the narrative plane, even though a lot of times I would say so. But the CGI, I don't think anyone can argue, none of those shows or movies look as good as Endgame or Infinity War. And it's kind of like a weird place you're in with the MCU where it's like the quality, the visual quality of the movies has, has kind of like stagnated and in some cases like dipped down from what preceded it. Whereas we usually see special effects in movies and franchises just kind of beyond the rocket ship up. Like they look better and better right. and better and better, better and better. True. And, and we are yeah. not seeing that. TV shows obviously have the different budgets and different constraints. It's a little bit more palatable, but the movies do not look as good. Like they do not look as good as, as the tentpole releases that precede them. And I think it's, you know, the faster clip. And we've seen the articles come out about special effects right. artists be like, sure, sure, sure. we are being crushed by, right. the t- by the time constraints and the quantity um, of these Marvel movies. Whereas something like Avatar, now that all being said, do the special effects artists on Avatar have rough working conditions did they go through crunch probably i don't most know likely yeah. most likely like you know let's not let's say you know i'm not gonna pretend like that job's not it's hard a, it didn't it's have a things. messed up industry yes. <laughs> kind of all over yeah totally. exactly but i do think you know the, the the difference between the two and i think the thing that just shows is just like well one person had a lot more time and yeah. we're seeing the product right. of that i kind of want to show the ant-man and the wasp quantum mania that title trailer <laughs> that sh- it also shows before the movie. And even to the extent the Guardians of the Galaxy volume three trailer, which looks a little bit better, but that's kind of got that cartoony <sighs> color look, to it. So it, it makes looks, sense. It, it, looks it, it does not look great, no. but it's like Guardians of the Galaxy can get away with it because it's kind of this hyper realism, cartoony nature to it. That kind of makes it like you kind of want your characters to pop a little bit from behind there. The Ant-Man stuff where it's like you can tell that it is just three people on a gigantic green Blue screen set. set. <laughs> I want to show it at the end of Avatar The Way of Water, like at the post credit scene. Yeah. And be like, all right, so anybody that wants to complain about how this movie looks for any just check, reason. Just check this out. This is a movie that's coming out later. Yes. Look at this, you know, and I'm not trying to, again, like, I, I, I wish to not yuck anybody's yums. Like, this is, if you like that stuff and you like how the MCU looks and that's more your taste, that's cool. But, like, to say that Avatar The Way of Water looks bad. I, I'm not ready for that conversation because that's just like, what's the what's the, the Mark Twain line the with the, uh, never never argue with an idiot because <laughs> never argue with an idiot because they'll just bring you down to their level and you'll lose because of their experience something like that sure, which is very pretentious and it's supposed to be, but it's just like arguing with somebody about that like that something that looks this good and they're just like i don't like how it looks it looks stupid it's i don't like, think all right well, i don't think that's okay. the criticism this movie's getting though it's go- no, no it's some people go- have criticized the yes. way it looks some people and have it's right? going yeah. to get bigger that, and bigger the more people see it yeah. there's a, there's a GameSpot article you know they mostly cover video games but they do tenpole movie release reviews as well they gave it a five out of ten and they were talking about that it has wonky cgi and that huh. CGI doesn't look good they're like the underwater stuff always mostly everyone's like underwater stuff can't believe it looks that good and people criticize a lot of the other stuff. And I'm just like, listen, I, what movie in the past 
10 years looks like this yeah no they don't they, don't, they want you to ask them that question because they're like it doesn't matter i just don't like it yeah, yeah. it's my so. opinion it's my opinion like that's that's all it is it's that vine where it's just like yeah but can you back it up with anything that's interesting to talk about please yeah because i'd like to talk to you about it because that's interesting i think i think there's a ton of interesting discourse and you know criticisms to have on avatar and talk about and discuss the way it looks, I'm not fucking interested. Yeah. I'm not fucking interested. Nah. Sorry. Like, God, looks no, we have to move And the way it that. sounds. The score is amazing. And well, they actually didn't really use the da-na-na-na too much. Well, they don't use the danger thing. They only use it once when it's And I was like, oh no, the sad da na na Yes. They do use it a lot in the first Avatar. In the first Avatar, no, they don't use it until the last hour. Like, that's what's really fun oh, about okay. it because then it's like it's their main like danger action theme sure. but the first time they use it like we can spoil the first avatar yes when they destroy um uh big tree yeah um the home tree the home tree big tree soul tree soul tree soul tree home tree oh bless you it's just like I remember I, I, one of the things I, I said to D because I rewatched it back in October for shits and giggles, and then I rewatched it again just a couple days before it came, uh, before the second one came out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for even more shits and more oh, giggles, yeah. <laughs> for more dun and nas, um, and I, I said I was just like, who was nominated for best actress at the Oscars this year? And I looked through it; it's a pretty weak list. Not oh, the year not, that. The first Avatar the, the, came out. Yeah, the first Avatar came out. Who was nominated? Uh, I uh, it's so uh, I know that that's the year that Sandra Bullock won for The Blind Side. Which really, whatever. Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, and it's 2009. It, it's, it's kind of a weak list, and I'm kind of just like Zoe Saldana should have been nominated for this because I truly do think that her performance in the first one, even though it is like performance cap mocap whatever you want to call it like when natiri gets sad or like angry or like like when he makes that joke about like oh i don't want them they can be the nicest hunter you know but i've already made my decision and she kind of like smiles a little bit like she knows like it's it's these like human mannerisms that are like unspoken that translate through and when that happens you're just like like that is not just the CGI, that's also the performance. Like, this well, must be such a yeah. hard thing to be it's able to lock perfor- in. On. It's performance capture. Yes. And yeah. there should be more credit given to the person that they're capturing. I think that she is amazing in this movie, and I think she's incredible in that first Avatar movie. And yeah, I think she's, she's awesome so good in, in this one. one. She's not really given too much to do in she's this one. She's not given a lot to Unfortunately, no, do. but the thing is, when she is given something to do, it is at the yeah. highest emotional stakes. <laughs> I also think that it might be a bit of a. Uh, sequel trilogy thing where it's like the first one's going to be Hans, the second one's going to be Luke's, and the third one's going to be Leia's, like that kind of thing where like Leia's in the first one but not too much and then she's got a bit more to do in the second. I feel like it might be something a little bit like that. They kind of focus in on Jake Sully as like a father figure because that's kind of more important to this movie. Um, And then she's kind of there as like a support character to him. Much like in the first one, but that was like that's probably one of my biggest kind of complaints about the movie is like not enough for Natiri to Nateri. do. She's in a lot of it, not enough. But she, Nateri. like you said earlier, doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Yeah, yeah she doesn't have any dialogue unless she's screaming or mm-hmm. crying. And she does that. I mean, well. 
And she does, she does. it well, but she's and she's an that. awesome kick-ass fighter. But yeah, she doesn't have a lot of interaction even with her talking with her kids. I think uh, I think it's time we go to Spoiler Town. I think we, yeah. uh, you know, we're about th- half an hour, 40 minutes into this podcast. Uh, listen, da-na-na. I think, uh, I think uh, if you haven't seen this movie, you got this far. Yeah, right. you gotta see, you gotta see it. it. Gotta go see it. See it. And go. the thing is, if see you want to, if I've always said this about you know movies that may be a bit divisive at times, uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, shit on it. You gotta see it first. You gotta see it. Yeah, if you want to be a dick, if you want to be a dick about it, that's totally cool. You gotta see it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't care what you think. And and don't, yeah, and don't let, don't let um, you know naysayers and stuff like that knock you down like if somebody's opinion hits you the right way and you don't want to see the movie that's fine but one of the other things i've been seeing is like all of a sudden everybody it's when everybody started learning about like how studios work and like oh marvel studios is buying fox and now everybody knows like what that means like that used to be like deep geek shit for me back in like the aughts and we're like oh i know about canon films and paramount and columbia is owned by tristar like all that stuff now a lot of people are more lined into that and the box office is starting to become a thing like that too and i've been seeing a lot of people talking about the box office uh for opening weekend for avatar the way of water just like well called it it's a dud and it's like no one it's making a lot of money it's going to make a bunch of money worldwide because China just reopened all of its theaters and stuff like that and this movie again because of its quote unquote simplicity has huge worldwide appeal it is insane but the other thing is is that this is not a Marvel movie that everybody's going to rush out Thursday Friday Saturday because they're afraid of spoilers there's nothing to spoil in this movie not really like people aren't going to be rushing out to go see it it's the last holiday weekend uh, for shopping all of that stuff so it's like it's doing good numbers but at the same time it's not going to do right out of the gate uh, like Marvel Star Wars numbers because it's just not that type of movie. Not in the sense of popularity, but like there's there's nothing – people aren't going to be tweeting like, <laughs> oh boy, like when the blue people show up, pretty wild. Like that's not going to spoil yeah. anything for anybody. There's really nothing to spoil. Yeah, and also like I don't know. Call me when you see the fucking numbers next week where everyone has off like between Christmas and New Year's. This is the thing. This is why they... It's going to fucking crush. This is why Avatar is coming out when it did and why nothing else is really coming out for the next three weeks. You've got Damien Chazelle's Babylon, which is a very different movie. Same runtime, though. Very cute. Mm, cute. And Puss in Boots, kind of like, you know, the smaller kids alternative. Like, that's pretty much all that's coming out until like mid-January. We'll see if it's for kids. I hear, I hear it maybe. I hear it's maybe for, for everybody, <laughs> for grownups like us. Yeah, for grownups like you and me. We'll have to yeah. find out more on that another time. All right, uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna set up shot a tent in Pandora. We're gonna get some sun. We're gonna chill, uh, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about spoilers. And I'm gonna tell you who dies. Hey everybody, Mike Burge, popping in here real quick to let you know about our brand new advertiser, Suncommon. These guys are absolutely great. Suncommon is one of those businesses that I am just so proud to have the StoryScreen brand associated with. They supported us through advertising last year at StoryScreen Drive-In in the midst of the pandemic, and that really helped us to be able to get things started and going over there. And ever since then, they have been just a fantastic 
business to be partnered with in just about anything that we do. But what is SunCommon? Well, SunCommon is your local clean energy partner, and it's got over 15 years of solar experience across the Capital District, Hudson Valley, and Vermont. They are awesome. SunCommon is a certified B Corp that believes people and planet are the foundation of vibrant communities. They offer custom engineered solar installations for homes, farms, and businesses, as well as unique products like the Solar Canopy and Tesla Powerwall. They're fantastic. They're, the customer service is out of control good. And speaking as someone who has to deal with the customer service at Fandango all the time, these guys are above and beyond comparatively. No, you know, no low shots to Fandango here. Just like, you know, there's room for improvement. Everybody can improve. But back to Sun Common. Sun Common is a nicer duh, N-Y-S-E-R-D-A, pronounced nicer duh, gold quality solar installer, which means they exceed annual quality assurance criteria and consistently provide top tier performance. They offer affordable financing options designed to fit any individual's needs for getting that good old solar power energy installed in a business, a home. Honestly, you name it, I think that they can pretty much pull it off. These guys, you know, they they can help. They they guide customers through each step of the solar journey, which can be a kind of uh, hard one to really wrap your brain around if you're not too familiar with how it goes. But they're so good at helping you understand exactly what needs to happen, what can happen, and what will happen when you hire SunCommon to do these kinds of things. SunCommon makes saving money while saving the planet the easiest home improvement decision you'll make this year, any year, whenever. So if you're ready to build a brighter future, get in touch with SunCommon today. Visit suncommon.com to learn more. That's suncommon, S-U-N-C-O-M-M-O-N.com. And you can learn more and build a brighter future starting right now. Let's get back to the episode. And we're back with spoilies for Avatar The Way of Water. Spoiler town. If you don't want to know what happens and you're here, get out. Get off the train. Get out of here. Get out of here, you. Get out of the pool. Get out of the pool. <laughs> Spoiler town for Avatar. All right. So this is when we can really get into the nitty gritty of maybe what worked for us, what didn't work for us, moments that really blew us away, et cetera. Uh, uh, I mentioned earlier, there are some things about the movie that I'm a little bit critical on, and I want to also, you know, just want to say, I understand they could be setting up things in other movies, and sure. I also understand that whatever James Cameron is doing, he's doing it on purpose. So let's just get that away. Trust uh, him. Trust I, him. I think that bringing back the military guy as the villain is a choice. I'm not sure if I totally vibe with it. I could see in the third movie him doing something different. Which I think is cool, but I do think that he is almost, ironically enough, like an avatar of the first movie. Like he's he's like I'm gonna do kind of similar beat for beat of what Jake Sully did, but a little bit fucked up and weird. Um, and remind you that the first Avatar movie exists or the beats of it. Um, so I didn't like love. I think he's like a great actor. I think his character is really fun. But to see the antagonist of this movie and the antagonistic force of this movie kind of just be like. 
the the same. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. a little bit like let down by. Um, and then kind of the other issue I had with the movie is the they want to terraform or you know some level of terraforming of Pandora so they can uh, start ha- like having more humans move to the planet because Earth is dying. Sure. And uh, I buy that. I, that that works more for me than the first movie is kind of like we're here to find unobtainium, which is the best the best funny name for a sci-fi mineral ever. Um, and I think this is this works better in this movie as like motivation. But I just think that um, their logic of like, but we have to get rid of Jake Sully, and we have to go to these insane stakes to do that. Uh don't make sense to me as like the whole because they're trying to like you know I, I just feel like they just need to like plow down pandora and like you know i know that jake sully is there they're afraid of him because he is like kind of like the man on the inside master tactician uh insurrectionist and he can like rally you know he's yeah. proven to be able to like rally the, the the navi with him to do that so i thought that was like a little uh i thought that like overall motivation was like a little weak for me and like a little kind of confusing. I was like, okay. And then, you know, to, to go back to the, um, Stephen Lang character. Um, I think that, you know, that scene where he crushes the skull of his human self is really fucking, that's really fucking good shit. Like that's really good. <laughs> shit. Like, that's really good. Shit. It is. It's wild. And I just hope in the next, and I just think like for the whole three hour runtime of him, you know, any moment he has like identity crisis with himself and what he is, I think that's really strong. But I just like don't believe the moments where he pushes past that. And he's just like, I also don't like Jake Sully for what he did to me. And it's just like, you're not even of the human race anymore, brother. Like, you right. can do your own thing. And I think that's what the third movie will tackle. I think he's either going to have a redemption arc or he's going to betray all sides and be like, I'm going to be the king of this planet, human or Navi. I don't really give a shit. And that's going to make him right. a far more interesting villain in that way where he throws down the shackles of identity and becomes something new. Um, so yeah, that's my gripes with the movie. Um, that all being said, like he's fun. He's an easy bad guy not to like. And right. uh, the motivations, all things included, whether weak for me, um, are good enough to, to get you, you know, seated in the roller coaster and for the bar to come down and for you to start going. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw someone uh, like tweet that they were like, as soon as I saw that Navi wearing Oakleys, it totally took me out of it. I saw someone be like, where was that guy in January 6th? <laughs> oh, shit. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty accurate. But yeah, it is, it is really weird having that whole, like, tactical team from, you know, the human race army now being in Navi form, but then still being back. like, I got... My, you know, uh, barbed wire tattoos and whatever, you know. <laughs> and that, and like, that stuff is, like, pretty funny. And I, like, I like buy it. It's it like, is, yeah, they're the same piece of shit. So they want their yeah, weird they're, eagle they're, tattoo. They're, yeah. they're a piece of shit. It's, it is really weird and really funny. But I, I kind of feel you in that sense that um, it was a little bit of a letdown. Not because I dislike that actor or the villain or caricature of the human race that he is playing in the first Avatar, but just because. Oh, sorry, our uh, our cats are getting frisky. That okay. we're ignoring them. So <laughs> yeah. some, play, there play might be some to, play toy, to ones. toy sounds in the background. No worries, but um, we like it. Uh, 
it, I was hoping for some kind of new villain, not necessarily even human villain, but just either like that Jake Sully, they were going to try and something was going to happen to make them move away and they're not going to be accepted by this other race on Pandora or there's some kind of other you know, environmental disaster that they're fighting up against or something like that. I wasn't necessarily thinking that it was automatically going to be the same villain from the first one. So I kind of feel you on that, even though he is a great villain. He is and great. It, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's great. For sure. Um, I'll let you go and then I'll I'll plug something that I thought was really fucking cool after. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I get it. Um, I like the, the Stephen Lang thing because I, uh, especially with like the fact that it's not just him, that it's the, all the commandos, mm-hmm. because I think what it's, it's doing this kind of like, um, it's cause Jake Sully in the first one was a Marine who gets kind of, you know, um, crunchified and yeah. right. Like he becomes a crunchy boy and he's like, yeah, but the planet and the earth and all that yeah. stuff. He's like, but he's granola still, now. Yeah. yeah. But he's, <laughs> he's still, uh, he's still got that marine training and stuff and they make a point of that that it's like yo even though he's like you know dreadlocks out and he's the chieftain and he's been living with these people for 14 years he's still like his kids are calling him sir uh he's got that great moment at the beginning that i love where he like they like pose for a picture like like a regular family unit which is definitely a human thing so funny yeah it's but it's like it's like he's holding on to aspects of who he is because he is jake sully the thing with the commandos is is that they are not those people they are programmed memories of those people they're not them in the avatar body they are memories that were digitized and saved and uploaded to an avatar body on the other side of the universe and then grown and flown out there so they're like babies essentially and the idea of making commandos and the and like the kind of like military human force babies is very funny mm-hmm. and specifically with Stephen Lang's character um i i i think that it's really interesting that it's it's kind of like the empire strikes back where You've got Darth Vader in the first movie. Cool character, really cool. Kind of just kind of shows up every now and then, acts like a badass, has a fight at the end uh, with the hero. (laughs) And then kind of in the same thing too. Like the second Star Wars movie, like the bad guy is the same. It's the Empire. It's the human race is coming back. And now they're trying to do this because of what happened in the first one. And Darth Vader's back. But... There's something off. What's going on? Something happened in the last one. And whereas in Star Wars, it was more like this interaction with Skywalker, whatever, whose last name could that be? Um, in this one, it's Stephen Lang's character is like, well, I'm a Navi now, but all I've ever known that's programmed into me is to be this dickhead Marine who was not a nice guy, who was not a good guy. And even as he starts to learn the Navi ways through Spider, his son... Spoiler alert. Uh, <gasps> he's becoming more in touch and in tune with the Navi world, but he's trying to not let it in in the opposite way that Jake Sully inadvertently let it in. Right. So there are these two. They're the same person. You know, the fucking uh, Quaritch is a piece of shit. And Jake Sully was just kind of like a really sad, depressed ex-Marine dude. Uh, so they're different in that sense. But I kind of like the line that James Cameron is drawing here where it's like they are kind of the same. 
And it's all about being able to embrace the truth of um, the of, of of the environment, of the experience that that, you know, it, you don't have to do these things just because you're programmed to do them or told to do them. And I think that's what makes his character so nasty in the first one and then even nastier in this one is that he's choosing uh, chaos. He's choosing yeah. violence. He wakes up every morning and he chooses violence because he's like, I can very easily stop doing this. Yeah. I don't have to do this. No one's telling me to do this anymore, but he wants to because he just doesn't fucking like Jake Sully. Right. He just doesn't fucking like him and he doesn't like the Teary because he saw the video where she killed him. And I just, and again, like it's that simplicity thing where it's like, don't overcomplicate things. Human race are the bad guys. They're trying to come here to take over. That's what they're doing. Well, who's the main front of the bad guy? Well, it's not going to be Eddie Falco. Bring Stephen Lang back. Eddie he was great. Falco. How do we do that? And I think that this is a good way to do it, albeit... I agree with you, Robbie, not fully paid off in the sense of the character, but I think in the sense of what this movie is trying to say between fathers and sons, mothers and daughters and generational ties, it does. And it sure. makes sense because yeah. okay. I think it closes that story off at the end where you're like, well, now what's going to happen with that character? What's going to happen with Spider and what's going to happen with, you know, the Sully clan, like all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I get it. Like, it, it can feel like stale and kind of just like a cheap kind of just like, again, like simple doesn't mean easy or uncompelling, yeah. but it is definitely a simple approach to kind of be like, well, who's the bad guy going to be in the new Avatar? Well, I and picking think, that one is, yeah. You know, I also think like if this was a sequel that came out like a year or two years after the first one, I think it also probably would have been more of a cool like oh shit now he's an avatar but because it is so many years later i think it's a little bit more understandable to be like oh i kind of yeah no totally thought it'd be something different by now james cameron you know i think it's also like further doubled down by like what he does in the movie like he true he gets the bird the same way he does like you know he's he's mostly in pandora the forest before he's like eventually like in a new space so he just is kind of like he's like trying to prove he has he he has the scene where where jake sully like wakes up and he's like all crazy and like running around like he has the exact same scene Mm -hmm. so you know i think i think james cameron's doing he's writing it in a way that is um it's like poetry it rhymes like the george lucas philosophy of of like writing Star Wars stuff, I think that's oh, okay. I think that's what I he's gotcha. he's Dunno. going for. Yeah, sure. and I and I think that like you know that's his. I think he is doing that, and it's just like me as an audience member. I'm just like, yeah, but I don't know. The mm-hmm. thing is, like you know, you're in a corner with options for bad guys in these movies. Sure. You could do uh, humans making an alliance with another uh, tribe. And then you just have like no single villain, and I think that's kind of right. tough in a movie like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, to make the antagon the antagonistic force faceless in a way, or just a myriad of characters, I think would have been a worse option. Okay. So why not make a character sure. who is recognizable and we can kind of like rally against singularly? You know, I think it makes sense. Sure. Maybe kind of like. I agree with what D says about like, oh, maybe it was the 14 year wait where you're like this, this old track again kind of thing. Sure. But also, maybe that is the safest way where it's like, well, it's been 14 years. We don't want to be throwing too much new shit at you. We are going to yeah. introduce these water people. It's, and it's right. I think D's points yeah. out. I think the opposite yeah. could have been could have happened, too, where it's like right. um, if they if they did do an Avatar sequel two years later, people have been like, what the? it, it would have felt way more redundant. Whereas like now sure. it's kind of like. 
Well, now they're playing the hits. Dip, dip and, and, that's what, and that's Just what the, 13 yeah, movies, yeah. that's what 13 years and, does. You right. know? The, the, yeah, other, the other thing, too, about like on that kind of like mirroring between Jake Sully and uh, Queerich thing is like, like let, let, let's talk about it real quick if you want. Like, uh, there's some um, tricky uh, things about these movies. Uh, Culture race. Some slightly some might say uh uh uh, uh, uh dicey kinda like just kinda tiptoe. They're lucky <laughs> that they're blue. So they're lucky <laughs> that they're blue. Yeah. I mean that is that is like the the <laughs> calibrated thing that Cameron did. He's like, well, like we're gonna mix a bunch of different things, blah blah blah, all that. But one of the things that I always and if the if this shit bugs people, like that's the biggest one of the biggest criticisms I've seen that I'm like, absolutely don't go see these movies then. Is that people are just like, this shit seems culturally insensitive as all fuck. I don't want to fucking see yeah. this nonsense. And yeah. I'm like, you got it, because guess what? It is that shit's there. Yeah. But yeah. I think that it's I don't think they're intentionally trying to do anything as egregious as that, as most storytellers doing these types of things aren't. Does that make it okay? Absolutely not. But I do think that the I see you aspect of both the first one and this one is important in what they're trying to say overall with what the story is trying to do with what those types of Pocahontas, Ferngully, Dances with Wolves, The Last Samurai, White Savior kind of movies are dealing with, where it's when when Natiri at the end is holding a dying Jake Sully human body and she says, I see you, and he says, I see you. It's this thing of like, at least my interpretation of it, which is what I think Cameron is intending, is it's it's not, which again, you can have an issue with, but I think is kind of lovely, but also I am a, a, a white man. Um, it, it's not about who you are and where you come from. It's about what you believe and what you do and what you love and what you care for to an extent. And then when he's finally fully in the body, he still has, you know, the five fingers instead of the four. So he's different than everybody and he'll always be different. And that passes on to their children. And there's right. kind of a biracial yeah. aspect to the second movie in that where yes. it's like, this is not these kids' faults. Right. And this guy has done nothing but try to help. Like, yeah, he came here under really bad circumstances and he learned from them. And that's the story aspect of it all. And again, very tricky to tiptoe around all of that stuff but getting to my point ever so quickly uh mm -hmm. Quirich's character is kind of in that same thing where he's refusing to allow the navi way of life and the experience on pandora in this new body to change him sure. because he's not jake sully we're not all jake sully not every single person is going to be as good as who they ended up that's why the fluffies liked him in the first one sure the little fluffy things are just like oh right. you're a pretty good guy you're pretty, good. Right. you're pretty good they're like little and i think that's like another course. aspect that it's that it's kind of growing into where it's like they keep saying i see you i see you in this movie again where it's like it's it's getting to the thing where it's like when jake sully tells his child whether it's his biological child or the offspring of sigourney weaver who have you know who look different and, and have different physiology than the rest of them and says, I see you, you matter, you are valid. Does that invalidate like what he's trying to say to them? What a father is trying to comfort their, their children by telling them like, you're not different, like you can be different, but that's fine. Like that kind of thing. It's this very odd aspect to the 
problematic nature of the first one that the second one is kind of hitting maybe not completely straight on but in a way that is like that's kind of what the family unit subplot of the movie is about sure yeah yeah i just you know i, I agree with everything you're saying i think that it is walking a weird line and yeah. you know i think it it even so simply goes to like the um like artistic direction of the Navi, you know, and just sure. trying to like, you know, they give them dreadlocks, they give them like certain things where it's just like, you're just, yeah. you know, they are alien. And then it's like, you know, you make it me pointed out. So now I feel weird saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like, hey, fuck you, I don't feel do like that. that's also yeah. what James Cameron's doing. He's yeah. like, he's well, like, I don't know. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? They have dreads? What are you trying to say? It's just like, like come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so like, you know, it is like a weird tiptoe. Um, and like, you know, I don't know if the, if the three white people here are like the most equipped to handle that conversation. Literally I think just we, thinking that exactly. I think we could all, hey, I think we could all I'm, agree on that. I'm not, I'm, I'm still half Latina. Sure. Um, yeah. less white than you two mofos. Very That's all I'm saying. Don't mean to invalidate your identity, but <laughs> I just think that it's a hard thing to talk about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. Um, so. Well, I'm yeah. Irish. You know. So. so but. There's that. No, I'm white. but. Shut up. I know. I'm fucking kidding. I'm I making know. fun of those I know, people. but I mean... <laughs> Cancel. Like, as far Cancel as the... Us. As far as, like, being half... Half, he's what? Yeah. Um, oh. The... Like, that storyline, I found interesting. Like, the idea of having somebody be biracial is... Is always an interesting plot line because it's sort of, like, not feeling... You are part there, but you're not enough. So, like, well, in the, this movie, be, can't be part of it either. Yeah. Well, so, be, like, you know, they're they also like in this movie. It's like it's it's very interesting, like to to kind of push past the yuckiness of it and look at it for what it is. It's like, yeah, they yeah. are gentrifying these alien bodies with right. human souls, right? And then setting them loose to do covert. Operations on these well, indigenous this people. Is another, yeah. This That's is another crazy thing too, stuff, you know. That I feel people get confused with Avatar. Uh, there is never a time where they're lying to the Navi. The Navi That's don't true. think that they are actually right. Navi. Sure, they wouldn't be able to pull that off. They yeah. fucking kill them immediately. They were like, "Something's up with this," and they kill them. Right. They have to be like, "No, no, no, hold on a second. We're doing this because we're trying to make you comfortable. We're trying to talk to you. We're, we would like to learn your ways." And they're like, "Absolutely not." Yeah, send yeah. us a boy with fluffies on him, and then perhaps then right. maybe then maybe. But I mean, but like, but even past that, with the kids in this one, like the idea of because there's like the, it's twofold. It's like they are, these kids have you know you've got the I, I still want to talk about the Sigourney Weaver of it all, but uh, you have another, the like, another choice, yeah, Capital C another choice. choice, a big <laughs> choice. But um, but the uh, the biological kids of Jake Sully and Natiri, you know. Are are mix of human DNA and Navi DNA, so they're they're a new game changer. And then they have the whole like races of based on physically where these people on Pandora live, and so them adapting as the like tree forest people moving to the ocean people, and then getting mocked because they can't hold their breath that long. Yeah. Their tails are skinnier because they don't use them to as a rudder to swim. They I can't they wait jump, to see more. You know? avatars in different environments like i want to see what desert avatar look like i want to see what mountain like frost mountain avatar look like i think that's totally chocolate chip cookie navi give me that (laughs) (laughs) 
I think that, I think that yeah. stuff is is so good. I I yeah. love that, and that's you know, the thing that this movie does always so well is the world building, right? Like, right. That's, it has no shortage of doing that. Da-na-na-na. So I, I think I think that that's an interesting thing because even within their family unit, they all have different degrees of that otherness where they feel like they're not enough of one thing. Like you've got the Kiri character who's like, well, I, you know, Jake and Natiri are not my parents. They're, they're, I call them mom and dad, but they're not my actual parents. I'm this weird, you know, born of Sigourney Weaver character. And then you've got, you know, just younger brother being like, well, I'm not enough of a soldier, good boy as Mm -hmm. the older brother. Mm -hmm. So you've got kind of like all these different shades of that, which is kind of a cool thing because that is more like a normal family where you also have a family where they they fought for their acceptance among their tribe they were in Mm -hmm. a tribe that accepted them for what they were for the most part and then they had to leave and they leave and i feel like natiri kind of knows that yeah like natiri's because she doesn't want to leave for many reasons right many good many valid but i am also sure that she's kind of like yo um they are gonna what you want to what? Yeah, I Natiri's like I've seen every John Hughes teen comedy. That does not turn out well. <laughs> Our New kids are not gonna have them. a good time. Yeah. Didn't you see the Fablemans? Yeah. Don't you know what happens when you relocate? <laughs> have you seen their fucking hands? These free, these absolute freaks. <laughs> oh no! Oh, like she's she's yeah. the racist. Well, I mean, well, she, I think she's she's but she's no, a, she's like listen. We know that they're different. I mean, she. She so is, to a certain that, extent, you know? racist because she's like, I don't want fucking Spider playing with my kids. He's well, yeah, he's human. She, I mean, we should also leave justifiably, him. she's just like, that is like the son to be of fair, the dude. Yeah. Fuck it, yeah. uh, fucked up a lot of shit in this movie. He really, <laughs> he really did. did. And like, I have a lot of empathy for young Spider. He I do, but I have confusing some confusion place. for him as well because I feel like it wasn't like well painted at certain points what his motivation was like as far as like i know we're meant to think like he's conflicted mm-hmm. but like he's essentially captured and then still treated I, like he's sort of like rooting for his dad to be able to ride the, the well, like think, sky yeah. dragon lizard he, well, he finally stuff. gets a dad that isn't this this is the yeah. thing is like materi yeah like materi and jake sully like jake i think jake sully even says at the beginning where he's just like, like treat him like, like a stray cat the kids the kids <laughs> treated him like one of our own like he never says that yeah until the end like right. where he's like a son for a son kind of thing and i think it's because jake sully and materi never fully embraced him as a son and guided him which is messed that, up because jake which is messed up human. and they they realize that they're just like fuck we sh- what the fuck we let this shit get in the way yeah. um natiri because she's like i don't fucking like humans because of what they did to home tree and, and jake i really sully don't because like this human true exactly his, his and dad. jake sully is just kind of like also for the same reason for that but also like he kind of wants to leave that part of him behind as much as he is consciously able like there's still the subconscious stuff of like he's still very militaristic with his kids and all that but i think that that's kind of that's where the inner conflict with spider comes from is when he starts to slowly get a father figure he knows that he's being tricked at first but he's like i'm gonna play this guy like spider thinks that he's also playing him he's like and then once i get to a point i can run away but then he starts getting invested a little bit because he's just like oh my god like my dad He's like talking to me and he's like telling me how to do things. And right. He's the Jake Sully I always wanted. He is a tall and, blue dad. Yeah, exactly. I've always right. wanted a tall blue dad. You know? right. So like, it's, it's something. Yeah. While we're talking about this real quick, let's let, let, like take a step back here. We are talking about 
We're talking about pretty deep themes in a three hour and 10 minute blue people movie. True. That's pretty much a cartoon. And, and primarily but like these, people, yes. But these yeah. themes primarily are in there and it's the same thing like yeah. when you start talking about aliens and Terminator 2. Like you're like the Terminator movie with the robot. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. all about like Eddie Furlong wanted a father like figure. To, like have like a like a paternal <laughs> figure and like a brother and like yeah, yeah like oh like oh yeah, and aliens is about like it, like motherhood and all this. And there's a deleted scene where like her daughter dies. It's all about the, like it's James Cameron just is so good at being able to put in these very easy to digest and relate to things like the bullying scene. Yeah. Everybody reacts to a bully scene, even true. if you were the bully yeah. in high school. Yeah, that's true. Even if you're one of these people saying the Avatar looks bad. Yeah. Which, plus is, a, like, which is what bullies do. Plus being like, a bully. all right. One of, the, one of the things <laughs> that I was going to say that, that I thought was so cool was like the creature design and the sound design of the creatures, like that they mixed, you know, sounds of dolphin and sounds of whales and all these things together. Know, we to haven't make, even talked about whale friend. Yeah. So like. Best part of the movie. To, and to be honest with you, whale friend is love and monsters whale friend is a boy and his dog that's essentially what it is yeah. and this this viewer always loves a good boy and his dog was, plot was a little confusing not confusing but just kind of just like by the way we hunt the whales to get this goo that makes people young yeah oh, I, that's also something that's got to come up in the next one because yeah. like, we got to make better. it so that giovanni rabisi still looks young when this jumps 10 more years like that's yeah. what they're Fair. probably doing yeah. i don't know man yeah also, but like, yes on the whale thing too it's like I gotta say, I've, I've read negative reviews and shit like that, and like with different aspects of all that. And honestly, I think that this care, I think that this is a lock for Brendan Fraser for best actor this year. Like that is an oh amazing. All right, you guys want to finish this episode up? I, I think I, I think I just uh, got everything I need. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get canceled. I'm gonna push. You know how long over. I was sitting on that? Oh, boy. <laughs> I was just waiting. You're not allowed to talk uh, shit about Brendan Fraser. It's against the rules. Yeah. Well, until you see the whale, apparently we'll yeah, see. Apparently. We'll see. Uh-oh. We'll see. Uh-oh. But uh, but yeah, can we go back and please talk about teenage Sigourney Weaver? Big choice. Because I think she does a good job. I think she does a great job. As I think as teenage kid. Sigourney Weaver, she is great. Yeah. But the ex- explanation of how she came to be was so fast that we were into the next, like, well, they're did running. They, did they explain it? <laughs> Not I, well. I, I no, they, okay. they set up, like, the kind of, like, immaculate conception because possibility. Because I, yeah, I know why. The, yeah, I you, you yeah. me, and Claire were like, wait a minute, what? Wait. And I and then, like, ten minutes later, I was like, to... I still don't understand what's happening. Well, because they, they tried to do the soul transfer yeah, she when was her human body up to was Ewa. She was hooked up to Ewa. Yeah. But then how did how did that body survive? They had enough time to get it into a tank? The the Avatar body was injured. Yes. Mm -mm. But was it just a dead body? Well, it's not really a body. It's like a it's like a fucking suit. When just because real. Yeah. It, exactly. So, like, they, that's there, why they keep it in the tank, where it's like, well, the tank will keep it from deteriorating, and it's hooked up to IV, so it'll keep it going. But there's huh. just there's nothing it's, in there. It's not um, if your avatar body dies, you die. Rules. That's not right. the established rules. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, what's his face? His avatar gets really injured, and get, he uh, like, wakes norms up and, that, like, and he wakes it, up and he's yeah. like, oh, geez, yeah. But he's not but, like you know suffering the wound. But mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, whatever her real doctor scientist character was in the first avatar grace <laughs> grace mm-hmm. yeah. uh i thought she died dr grace augustine 
Sigourney yeah. Weaver dies in the first one. Yeah. yeah. Her so human body. Her dies. human body gets hit, and they try to transfer her human body into the Avatar with with what they do with Jake at the end of the movie. Sure. But it doesn't work because she's not she strong does. enough to be able to make it through. But, but we're she's supposed got, to infer that she's become part of Awa. Well, I think now what we're supposed to infer is that Awa may be definitely connected with her because she says like I see her. Yeah. Like I can hear like all that yeah. stuff, and it's like Awa was able to reincarnates Sigourney Weaver's character as Kiri through Immaculate Conception. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's some the story. Some shit, and that's, that's the storyline I'm more Which into. Which is also why she has alien powers. Yeah. Like telekinesis. That, that's, I'm more in into that idea than the potential that she actually has a dad. I sure. do I do not think there is a I father. Do not, and I if think there that, is, that's fucking weird. I feel like yeah. that's why they move past it so quickly in a couple scenes of just joking, like, well, what if Norm's her dad? Or what if it's this guy? I yeah. think that's why they're just like, well, we have to bring it up at some point and just I, be like, I, maybe I, it's this, I maybe think, it's that. Moving on. I think it's not clear the way that we understand it, which I hope is the correct way. And because it's not clear, it's confusing in a bad way. Like, yeah. and, and they go through it so quickly that it, like, works against what I think they're trying to do. Because audiences like you know we everyone remembered like oh like that was weird but how come that happened where it's like oh it's like from this like botched soul transfer thing that's what led to this mm-hmm. but you know kiri brings up who's my dad later in the movie too and it's like all right, right. So we're still talking about dad stuff and it's like i understand that like her character doesn't know that i also don't fully understand why they just don't explain it to her because i feel like you could pretty easily well, i don't yeah. i don't think anybody knows they don't really get it I don't think anybody actually knows. They're just like, well, it's a mystery. It just happened kind of thing. And I feel like James Cameron's like, that will be revealed later. And another unfortunate thing of James Cameron being the king who's been gone for 13 years is he doesn't realize that the internet exists now and that absolutely anything that you put into a movie will be theorized out to hell within an hour. And he's like, wait, what? You want all the answers now? What? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I I do think that the the speed in which they kind of comb through that, because I do think ultimately like if, you know, if if you've seen the first avatar fairly recently, you could put it all together. Sure. They go through it so fast in this one where it kind of does the plot point a disservice. Yeah. Because I do think it's confusing for a lot of people. I think it's, I think it's very easily confusing. It was super fast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but as a character, I, I like her a lot, and I think she did yeah, a great job. And I love job. her when she yeah. jacks into the fish and then does like the psychic stuff. To like, oh, so cool! I was like, "That's sick! That's so cool!" Yeah, I want so to cool. plug into it. I did think it was funny. They're just like, "Hey, so if you plug into stuff, you're gonna have a seizure." And she's like, "Got it." And then she's like, "I'm gonna plug." Okay. In. I'm yeah. Plug yeah. In. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think exactly. specifically they're saying don't do it to like the soul tree, but it's a little, you know, a little confusing. But uh, yeah, every time I she think, does plug into a thing, it's cool. I, I also it, love their bioluminescence on their yes, bodies. And, yes. And the thing that they talk about in the first movie is their, you know, the Navi are kind of like, uh, they can upload into nature and they upload into the soul tree. It's kind of like the upload download experience of it. And right. So Gordon Reaver's character, Grace, compares into like kind of computers and that like the forest and Pandora is like the network in that way. And I just love that it does seem like it is the, the Matrix. The, like Pandora <laughs> also is like writing their future, and it's kind of like writing like their own like fanfic. And it seems like Pandora is rooting for the Navi in that way. And I just love all that like cool narrative yeah. stuff that's tied in there. It's cool. all good. Yeah. It is cool. It's a cool movie. I like I like this idea too of it being like 
them sort of trying to rationalize that she just had a seizure and that she's like having visions and blah, 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 and, and trying to like science it. And then she's also like, no, I'm connected to Awa. She talks to me and like, and then in reality, she can do some cool, crazy shit when she yeah. connects into stuff. So it is really interesting. It's pretty fun. It's also that scene where she just had the seizure and, like, the doctor people are helping her. And then, like, yeah. the, the, the woman who is, like, of the water tribe comes in. Right. Like, Get them the fuck out. And not- yeah. <laughs> That's I so love good. it. I love it. Um, love water tribe. Also, I think we kind of, like, talked around how cool it yeah. was that avatars can, like, evolve differently depending on, like, where. I love it. They kind of settle down. Uh, yeah. I think that was They're- all really cool. And, like, that middle hour of the movie where it is, like, summer vacation vibes. It's so compelling. And I do remember being, like getting a lot of whale stuff. What is this whale stuff going to get get us yes. to? And then it's like, the whale stuff gets to the whale being the coolest character of the movie, and you're like, cool. <laughs> it is oh, kind yeah. of funny, because like when the whale stuff is happening, I'm like, this is beautiful. This is so insane. I am just being elevated right now. Are people going to like this? Like, I felt myself feeling that when I was watching the movie, because I'm just it like, feels, it feels I'm like, where is this going to go? Know. Like, what's going on? And then you're like, yeah. oh, it's yeah, too painful. Then you're, then you're like, yeah. Great. Super good. painful. Um, yeah, Super all that good. stuff, you know, I think pays off. And, uh... Oh, pays yeah, off. I wouldn't, fucking yeah, nuts. I wouldn't tell James Cameron to cut a thing. <laughs> and it's fucking Titanic at the end. <laughs> I mean, it's Titanic, it's Terminator 2, it's like... A, little, a bit of the abyss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's like uh, Jake Sully and uh, uh, Queer, it's fighting. Like, at the end, like, it's it's a, it, it almost looks like, exactly like the end scene of Terminator 2 at like that lava plant whatever yeah. the fuck that the metal yeah. plant the lava plant was, where they I make the lava there's only one scene that like I don't want to say it's wonky CGI but I just thought that like it was it didn't look as good as the rest of the movie for whatever reason but when there's just some parts of when uh, um, Jake Sully and Quaritch uh, Stephen Lang's character were like knife fighting in the rain I was just like something about this doesn't look as good as mm-hmm. the rest of the movie not quite sure why. I had a little bit of like whatever the version of like Black Panther uh, final fight. I, I think yeah. I know what you're talking part. about where it's like the camera's moving around them in a way that feels like it should be slower or faster. The speed at which it's going around is a little weird. Yeah. And also like there are times where like the the frame rate on their bodies like is weird. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, like such minor things where it's just like fucking don't listen to me. I don't know. But like I do think that last knife fight scene where it's like still cool, everything's still cool, and not I'm not saying that's like the last half hour of the movie looked really weird. It's like no, there's just like parts, and I think maybe it's just like the way that they set up the lighting to the special effects and the lighting on them. Like maybe it's yeah. like, looks weird, but maybe it is correct for these there's, things that don't exist. I mean, honestly, fire things, you know? and, I, I, yeah. I don't I don't mean to like turn this on you, but like your eyes might have been getting tired from all the awesome I that you've been totally, watching at that point. Totally where it's like, might have been. Your, your eyes started clipping closer to twelve frames per second and it couldn't even keep up. You're like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, yeah. it, I mean like it's it's totally fair. But I just think that there's, you know not enough to say the CGI in this movie isn't good, but just things where it's just like okay, we are Maybe maybe my uncanny valley is like I'm starting to hit the the wall. It's like yeah, three hours of computer mammals yeah. is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Um, still look cool though. Still love that knife fight. All movies should end with a knife fight in the rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Right. Knife. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know, knife could be replaced with something as long as it's raining and it's a fight. Yeah. yeah. 
I also will take Northman style volcano fight. Obviously. Totally, totally. Um, but yeah, I think the last you know last hour of this movie, as all good blockbusters do, not a ton of plot happening. Right, just more. It's all payoff, baby. It's all payoff. It's all payoff, baby. We don't got no time for that stupid story shit. Yeah. Also, best part of the movie is when that is when the whale fucking chops that guy's arm off. That is yes. That is eleven out of ten shit. And Jermaine Clement is there being like, by golly. <laughs> that weird American accent that he's doing. Why did he do, just I have a New Zealand accent? No, yeah. I don't know because I get. Like, I don't know because no, that's not true. Because there's people that they're they're not just American in the first one. Yeah. No. But I don't know. Not sure. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. But that's you know, why whatever. I drink. Yeah. It was just weird. Like, just have your accent, dude. I told you you couldn't. Mm-hmm. He sure. has it a little bit in some scenes. I was like, "Oh, he's." I mean, can you imagine like, if he had like a full-on Stephen Lang accent, where he's just <laughs> like, "I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, killing Navi is hard work." Oh, I mean, that'd be funny because then it's like you know, um, I don't know. It's like, oh, he's doing, he's doing something different. He's just like, I'm a normal guy. It's like, no, oh, you're not. Mm-hmm. They let you be New Zealand in every single thing you're in. Mm-hmm. Why not? Maybe he actually <laughs> is New Zealand. Maybe he actually is from New Zealand, but he didn't want to. He doesn't want to be othered, so he's pretending to be American. Mm, another be another layer to the onion. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, that's James Cameron for you, baby. Yeah. Mm, that's that's fair. Smart stuff. Just when you think you figured it all out. <laughs> um. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about in the spoiler zone? There's so much movie that Kobe it talked is. about. Um. I I feel like I hit the main parts that either were bugging me or the things I want to shout out. But I, I'm not trying to cut it short if we need to, even though it's going long. But I'm, you know, just whatever yeah. is on your guys' mind. Let's let's hear it. Let's dis- uh, let's discuss. I mean, I think we pretty much talked about all the stuff that is worth talking about. I know for a fact we will be talking about this movie again very soon on this podcast. Pretty soon. Yeah. Um. I mean, end of year list, uh, oh, especially sure, 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 Oscars sure, sure, too. Sure, this sure. is going to pop up. Like, okay. uh, you know, obviously with Oscars, it's a little bit different because the Oscars have completely changed from 2009 in some very good ways and in some bad ways. I think there's a little more stuff because of those changes. I don't know. We'll see, man. It's uh, even Avatar, even like back in 2009 had a little bit of like a a rough get to get in there because that was back when movies like this didn't really get nominated and we're still kind of there, but it's also like, does Cameron, does Avatar get it because it's Cameron? Most likely, especially with the 10 for best picture, but best director is where we start kind of getting into that. Sure. Where it's going to be like, oh, well, what are we going to do? Because, you know, it got nominated for best director for um, Golden Globes, but Golden Globes are a bunch of fucking shills. They want they want famous people to show up to their ceremony, and that's what they do. They're getting better, but they're still not good enough for me. Um, so we'll talk about it more. So yeah, I'm like the the overall like kind of experience of it all, but it's definitely a movie to see on a big screen. Um yeah. It, I don't think that it matters which version that you see. Like, we saw this in 48 2D. High, we, we saw this in high yeah. frame rate 2D there, at, at is Story there a, Is there a 3D version of this movie out? Yeah, there's oh, yeah. 3D at IMAX. Are you fucking kidding? But I don't think I there's a 3D. Was I just thought no, we were done. No, I thought of course we were there's done. 3D. Yeah, yeah. So That's the whole thing. There's, yeah. there's 24. I kind of want to go see it at IMAX. There's 24, there's 48. <laughs> Uh, there's flat, there's scope, there's 2D, there's 3D, and there's IMAX, and combinations of all of them. It's one of the most, like, there, there's probably more versions of this movie in its initial run than probably any other movie in its initial run in history. 
Like it's nuts. Like just the craziest thing with flat and scope is like they actually made a flat aspect ratio version of this for screens that were not stylized for scope, so it could fill the whole thing up. Huh. Okay. They want it's everyone very to weird. They want everyone to see it. They want it to fill the screen. I mean, and the first one's flat, it. so it's like not that big of a deal. Like James Cameron is not a big stickler for flat or scope. He jumps back and forth between them all the time. He's more just like, what is it? How much? Like I, uh, it's just like. What is going to fill up the screen with the most cool shit ever? You know what I really want to watch now after seeing Avatar The Way of Water? Titanic. Yeah. Mm. I've been on yeah. a Titanic itch for a while. We have a VHS at the theater that we pop on all the time. And I'm just like looking at it. I'm like, I got to watch this goddamn fucking movie. <laughs> like, oh, man, this fucking movie's so good. I don't I mean, know, man. I, I don't know. It's a good movie. The, the water, all the stuff they do with water in this movie is the, is the pinnacle of film, filmmaking shit. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I think that's like, you know, for all the technical achievements that they're doing in this movie and all like the subtle things I discussed, it's doing all of this mocap and special effects with water is, and not even just like, you know, like you can render beautiful looking water. They did that for like Finding Nemo. Right. To engage with the water. Sure. Do stuff with water. And I think, and I think they cross like this uncanny valley territory. I said in that, in that first trailer that dropped, the most impressive scene in that movie is a close-up on Jake Sully's hands tightening a rope on it in water. And it's like that, nothing about that is, looks fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and nothing, and I don't think anything about that is real. I don't even know if the water's real. I don't fucking know. I don't know that's what, I don't think anything of this is real. <laughs> I don't think it, yeah. And that, I don't think like, Eddie Falco's real. <laughs> it's eating. Giovanni, fa- Giovanni Ribisi's face isn't real. Sigourney Weaver's face isn't real. Uh, like they're de-aging yeah. them. And it does like the Giovanni Ribisi de-aging in this, I think, beats the Indiana Jones thing, because like, I mean, he's on a computer screen. They're doing tricks and stuff. But that's the whole point. Do tricks, cast it in the light, stuff like that. That's why the Grand Moff Tarkin Princess Leia shit didn't work in Rogue One, because they're just like, look, doesn't it look great? We're like, like, no, Jesus. I mean, like, you know, the de-aging technology, you know, has come a long way even since Rogue One with like um, deep fake technology becoming what it is. And we've seen Luke Skywalker and stuff like that, like. And I think they developed even newer tech for like the um, Indiana Jones one that yep. looks, you know, in that one shot, it looks, looks impressive. Pretty looks pretty uh, good. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we have to see how long if that's just like a, a one shot of a flashback, like a, like a vignette style. It looks that's like that's a whole scene. Like the, if that's a whole scene, that's it looks like I mean, that's, that's like that's the train talk. scene is like a, it's like a flashback. It looks like it's going to be like a 10 minute set yeah. piece. That's going to be, you know. Well, that that will be wild, and we'll see. I mean, it's the technology is becoming weird. Indiana Jones in the way of water. <laughs> Indiana Jones in the shape of water. In the shape of um, water. Yeah, Make- this movie is endlessly cool. Go see it on a big Go screen, please, please, <sighs> please. I want to see it again. All right, that's all we have on <laughs> Avatar: The Way of Water. This is not the only podcast we do at StoryScreen. StoryScreenVegan.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. So please head over to our website to check out all of our amazing content. While you're there, you can also see showtimes for our theater located in Beacon, New York. You can also find links to go to our cocktail lounge restaurant that is attached to that theater called Wonder Bar. You're going to really have a, just a fucking nice time. So, uh, yeah, please <laughs> please go over there. Have a fucking nice time. Do the thing. 
Uh, while you're on our website, check out all of our podcasts. You can find on uh, everywhere podcasts are found. Yeah. If you found this one. Click that content tab on our website because there's some great articles and reviews coming out weekly. Yeah, we got our best of list coming up. Yeah, and coming up. It's going to be exciting. Uh, do you guys up. have anything specifically you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, let's see. I got an article coming out soon. So it'll be the Friday after this podcast drops on a film called Benediction, which is streaming on Hulu right now. And it's a slow burn, but it is a good burn. Yeah, check it out. Good slow burn. What about you, Mike? Anything? Uh, I've got uh, my uh, latest Movie Daddy article that I've been working on for three months. Um, And by that, I mean I worked on it for about a week, and then I got real busy, (laughs) and I got to get back to it and finish it. But it's on everybody's favorite Steven Spielberg film, Always. Oh. Hmm. It's going to be great. Yeah. Very, great. very, very I'm odd sure that I that movie is the one that, that I'm covering one. right around the time of Fablemans. Let yeah. me tell you that. All right. Okay. Uh, all I got to plug is please uh, listen to Story Screen Reports. It's yeah. my new show I do at the end of the month where I cover the top five stories in film, TV, and entertainment. It's really fun to do. It's been a little project of mine uh, in the works for a long time, and it's been really cool. I have the whole Story Screen family as a in and out as a rotating second chair so please go check that out even the old news is good news and uh if you want more stuff from me i have a few articles that are that have been going up uh for the past few months on pc magazine if you google my name robert anderson or if you uh put my name in the search bar there robert anderson you can find my articles on the most accurate science and tech movies of all time and uh what gear you need to do work from home from a coffee shop i have another article coming out soon about how to clean your controllers. It's not posted yet, but maybe by the time you listen to this, it will be. So if you want to know how to get the nasty stuff out of your controllers, you can go check that out there. But yeah, yeah it's gross. <laughs> I took mine apart, and let me tell you, I, mm, I'm i glad I did. <laughs> it was weird. And guess what? All your shit has that too. It's not just oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. All, your oh, yeah. all your cheese oh, puffs, yeah. eating your cheese oh, puffs, yeah. playing oh, your oh, Batman. Your little wrist crackers. Oh, oh, back at Arkham City. Oh, no. Uh, it's oh, all no. not good. I was... Uh, Stunts. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, also want to be a clean boy like me, go check that out. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got for you today. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this long episode, and thank you for seeing the long movie that uh, preceded it. We'll be back with more hot takes, more da-da-da-da's, more blue cats, I'm sure, very soon. But until then, I see you. I see you. I see you. Goodbye. Peace. Peace.